Welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Hello and welcome back to Generation Ag. It is Kayla here today with another great episode for you. Monday, the 12th of December. Holy dooly, we are getting closer and closer to Christmas every single day. I hope harvest is going well for everybody. I know it's a busy time of year, including for today's guest. Over the last little while, we spent a lot of time on Generation Ag talking to um, young farmers and young people in agriculture who have Um, made a platform for themselves on TikTok and today's guest is absolutely no exception. Her name is Georgia Elias but you might know her as that farm girl depending on which platform you follow her on and Georgia is a 21 year old Tasmanian who works on her family's farm and she's just completed her associate degree in agribusiness. Georgia loves sharing her day-to-day life on the farm and little how-to videos on the platform of TikTok, where she has a master following of over 50,000 people. Georgia recently finished her associate degree in agribusiness, where she spent most of her course studying online and unfortunately wasn't able to travel like she wanted to do. And I know so many other people wanted to do as well. But now as the borders open up and she's finished her degree, she's looking at what happens next. And I was excited to hear some of her plans in today's episode. I appreciate Georgia making time to talk to me today. I know it's a busy time on her family farm, so here she is. Georgia, welcome to the Generation Ag Podcast. Start us off, tell us who are you and what is your connection to agriculture? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So my name is Georgia. I'm on a mixed cropping operation in the north of Tasmania. I'm 21 and sort of just kicking off my personal journey in agriculture. I've grown up on a farm. Uh, Both my parents are farmers. And so I thought it was a bit of a given that if they're going to work this hard, I should probably get my butt into gear and have aspirations of taking over the farm. So I've just graduated. the University of Tasmania with an associate's degree in agribusiness. So, yeah. That's awesome. I'm really excited to ask you a bit more about that later, but let's start with your childhood and the family farm. Yeah. So I've always, uh, I've sort of always grown up riding horses. My mum was a horse rider and um, yeah, just going around the cows and the sheep on my horse. Um, Dad didn't let me drive the tractors till I was probably 13, I think, around that age. Um, I can't believe he trusted me at that age too, to be honest. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just feeding the pet lambs, um, doing as much as I could and, yeah, that's sort of it in that area. (laughs) Sorry. Did you really love it growing up on the farm? Yeah, I think by far I'd always go to school and tell all the kids what I did when I got home. Oh, I went for a ride. Oh, I went on the motorbike. And um, they might have been a little bit jealous about that, just being able to do what I wanted, 
when I wanted farm life was the best life I can vouch for that that's for sure absolutely have to agree a shared experience there do you have siblings who also grew up on the farm yeah I have an older brother he's 24 um he was sort of the same we'd grow up we grew up um hanging out together on the farm and um he now is a qualified diesel mechanic for Midland Tractors, which is our local um, sort of John Deere branch. Um, and he's also just started a auto electrician apprenticeship. And he's pretty much like the main um, diesel mechanic there. So, yeah, I don't know. He does have aspirations of coming back to the farm as well. So ideally if we could run it together, that'd be nice. But uh, obviously there's a bit of sibling rivalry there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so it sounds like you've been pretty heart set on ag the whole way through. Did that ever waver at all? Um, yeah, for sure. I obviously ag's a hard life. You've it's a lifestyle. You've got to really love what you're doing. Um, there was times there where, like, you know, with when your parents are both farmers, you can see the arguments. You can see the good times. You know, you see it all, and you sort of think, is this what I want? Like this is, this takes a lot of dedication and yeah. So I didn't really actually have any aspiration of anything else though. So if I was going to do farming, I didn't actually know what I was going to do. And as I've grown up, I was pretty set on ag. Yeah. I just couldn't see myself in any kind of other job really. Yeah, that's really nice. And so um, you finished school, um, you've just done your associate's degree. Um, did you go straight from school into sort of that tertiary studies pathway? Yeah, so I didn't actually have aspirations of university. I always told my teachers, no, nope, no, nah, I'm not going to uni, so don't worry about scoring me on my exams. <laughs> Useless. But um, I ended up... I moved schools in year 10 because I really was not enjoying school at all. Like if anyone was skipping class, it was me. (laughs) Sounds terrible. But um, I then went to a 11 and 12 college in my, like the city near me and ended up loving it. Did a certificate two and certificate three in agriculture um, in 11 and 12. I did a um, dual enrolment, it was called. So I was actually enrolled in a college but then a farm school out of town and I made heaps of friends and really actually enjoyed school and then I had plans of travelling after when I graduated year 12 so I was supposed to travel but then obviously COVID hit and I was stuck on the farm and to be honest I got really bored and I just wanted to learn things if I wasn't going to learn things from travelling around the world and working I figured I might as well just do something locally. And it just so happened that this associate degree was online. So I didn't actually have to go into the university at all, which was so helpful because I'd just finished work, come home, open up my laptop, do what I had to do and submit assignments or ask for extensions. The first, my first year, which was last year, um, I sort of struggled to transition into uni life, especially being so busy with, full-time work and I just remember asking all my teachers for extensions on everything so that I could get things in on time but you do actually sort of accommodate and I suppose get used to what sort of study you have to do 
And yeah, then I sort of picked it up. And I suppose now I could see myself just continuing uni. Like once you're in the uni lifestyle, you get used to it. But yeah, that first transition, because I took a year off after year 12 to just work and then getting back into study was like mind-blowing. Yeah, it's an interesting thing that you raise, I think, because um, uni study is a whole different ball game, I think, and particularly for you who obviously in your mind didn't think you were ever going to go to uni. I think it's a, it's a big adventure to embark on and so really interested to hear that now you're sort of in the groove of it. It sounds like, you know, potentially you might be open to further study as well. Yeah, well, that's it because sort of with the associate's degree, um, it really focuses on preparing you for a manager type role or running your own business. Like you really get a feel for the finances, the pe- like the relationships with people or your workers or um, whereas I wasn't really into the science side of things like agronomy um, and I found this particular um, degree really suited me and a lot of people also, I got lots of questions like, Carl, how did you pick your uni? Like, how come you didn't do it with someone else? But like in Tasmania in particular, we have a really good, strong group of industry leaders and, you know, our environment is so um, unique that if I'm going to farm in Tasmania, I may as well learn about the Tasmanian environment. I mean, a lot of places on the mainland in some areas, they only do wheat or they only do, you know, cereals and Tassie does everything. So I may as well, yeah, get the full package of Tasmanian agriculture, which, yeah, that easily cemented where I was going to study. That's for sure. That's a really interesting point about um, sort of studying, I suppose, in the environment with lecturers and teachers and people who are ultimately doing what you want to be doing. And and I'm sure the the attraction to going to the mainland and using it as an opportunity to maybe see different parts of the country would be really high but um interesting perspective and and I think yeah good forethought about what you wanted to do long term yeah like I understand with like online uni you obviously don't get the um relationships with people that you do at a um like uh what would you call it, in, like in-person learning, going to classes and stuff like that where you, you can ask the questions. But um, I guess what I sort of lost from my uni experience was that it was all Zoom classes and if you did have that question, you couldn't quite interpret it the way you would if you were in person and that, well, I mean, like I took a bit of a hit with that, I suppose, in that aspect, but... Um, yeah, you still do get that bit of face-to-face, just maybe not the same. I think um, it will be intriguing to see how, I suppose, this sort of COVID generation who've gone through, whether it be the high school years or through study, like you have, you know, entirely online, the impact it's had on your practical learning, but also your mental health and things moving forward and your networks, as you just touched on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, COVID's just, it's certainly put things into perspective, like all the stuff we took for granted and, um, yeah, made us really, I suppose, 
forward think about how we're going to approach situations in like uni or yeah any type of relationships you're going to have with people COVID sort of yeah really impacted that yeah and you mentioned um you pretty much worked the whole way through um is that always been on the family farm I have I when I left school just sort of wanted to get an experience obviously because I do have this horse background and I love my horses I did go and work at Ewing Prep for a racehorse stud. And so I've got a bit of experience doing that and didn't like it because I didn't like working with horses all day and then going home to my own horses. It sort of took the um, joy out of my own, what I do as a head clearing, I suppose. Took the joy out of that. Then I worked for um, a grain storage place. So basically... Tasmania has XLD, which is the mainland equivalent of Grain Corp, just not so um, big. And I got some great, ex- like great, great seasonal um, work experience there with the harvest crew. Um, I was in the testing stand, and um, that was sort of. <laughs> I actually took on that job to have a break from the farm, but I ended up working there so much that I worked on the farm as a break from this other job um and then we had a we actually had a worker leave on our farm and I felt really guilty that dad was working so much harder to replace his other worker and I said no I'm sorry guys I've got to leave and go help dad he's not coping very well so yeah other than that that I've only been on the family farm and do you feel pretty tight with the family getting to work together every day? yes it certainly tests the family dynamic but I mean, we do all get along really well. Um, at the moment, I am still living with them. So, it, yeah, you could imagine you work with them, you go home and you end up seeing them out of work. But, um, no, nah, it's all right because you sort of sit in the tractor and you can just switch off from everyone and get some alone time. So there is that benefit, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell us a bit about the family farm I think we've been talking about it in real general tra- terms but sort of what's what how big what does it look like what are you growing producing yeah so we have just expanded um so we have around or oh, over 2,500 acres but it's sort of spread between three farms in the same area but um sort of in Tassie it's not very well apart from down the midlands a lot of the farms are smaller as opposed to just one big farm probably compared to the mainland and um we do potatoes commercial potatoes for simplot and a little few for mccain's we also do wheat barley oats um and then hay silage and we also, mum does the sort, the livestock sort of things, so the sheep and the cows, and then dad likes to focus on his cropping. Um, and we do a f- little few um, crops of peas, not so common anymore. Um, and we also do the poppy drilling and poppy harvesting. We don't actually grow poppies ourselves, but we do do the contract work for those that do. Gosh, must keep you guys very busy. That's quite diverse. Yes. So, yeah, Dad likes keeping us all on our toes. Um, It's sort of the worst thing, I suppose, is that it all comes in the same area. Like we have our rush 
season where everything's just go, go, go. And then, yeah, we kind of chill off during winter and just focus on the lambs and the calves and then it's go, go, go again. In and amongst all of that, you've you've created a little platform for yourself on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, I'm always so surprised just seeing and hearing how popular sort of this ag influencer space is becoming particularly on TikTok Um potentially because maybe I live in a bit of an echo chamber being so interested in ag, but how have you found it becoming somewhat of a recognised face on the platform and and having so many people watching what you're doing every day? Yeah, so I don't actually remember when or why I started TikTok. Obviously, I was bored one day, got conned into downloading it, so I did, and then I... At the time, because it was probably a few years ago, there wasn't really much ag on there, to be honest. It was just funny videos or fails. And then one day I just remember going on there and I just saw all this mainland ag stuff, like drone videos and all that, and it kind of inspired me. So other people, yeah, inspired me, which is funny because now I inspire other people. It's just weird and yeah then I started just making day in the life videos and I suppose people like either didn't know well I know that people didn't know sort of what actually happens on a farm especially the people that aren't from a farm probably don't understand what we actually get up to and why so I started like doing these videos where I'd show what I did in the day and then I'd explain why we did it because I saw a lot of other people do just day in the lives And me personally, I still like learning off other people and what they or why they do things on a farm. And I guess I found this bit of a loss in the social media platform where people were showing what they were doing but they weren't explaining it. And so vegans or whatever, like animal activists say, still couldn't wrap their head around why we would do that. So, yeah, when I started doing, giving these videos with explanation, people could actually understand why it is we do things. And then what else? Ask me another question so I can keep going <laughs> on that topic because I just lose myself sometimes. I, I want to ask, like you just touched on then about, um, you know, explaining why you do things just, I suppose, to fill the vacuum or the void where misinformation might exist. I imagine you must come up against some disagreement, dissent, people who don't necessarily agree with it. How do you deal with those situations? Yeah, I guess the thing is when you do open yourself up to social media, you open yourself up to criticism. There's always going to be someone that's doing something a different way to you, running a different piece of equipment. And the thing is they all like to sit behind a keyboard and voice their opinion without context or without knowing the full story. We post a three-minute video and, you know, somewhat of an explanation that could potentially be a big scenario of explanation. So I guess for me, especially, like, I don't like to label us women in ag because essentially we're just, we're all people in ag, but there's always that, I guess, stereotype. And I didn't really see it, I don't see it as much now, but certainly when I first started social media, 
I did feel like, you know, anything that I did differently, I was going to get backlash. And, you know, didn't matter who it was going to be from. But I guess as I like got more confident with social media, I'm not really one that sort of takes on, I don't let things really get to me. So if like, and I know that I've got a good support behind me. So if I did have a query, oh, dad, like someone said this on social media and he'd be like, well, just come back with this because that's just so much better <laughs> without being like nasty, just come back with, a, oh, well, you know, we do it this way because such and such. So I guess, yeah, just learning to brush off the comments. Oh, it's just someone behind a keyboard. And, yeah, that's just work for me. I know that doesn't work for a lot of people, but just growing up around men and all that, you learn to just brush things off. <laughs> I wonder then um, what, what, what do people love watching? Like, What do you find is your most popular content? What really works for you? A lot of the time, like I just like making people laugh. So if I do something stupid in a video, and it usually is like the videos where I do clip the fence with a piece of equipment or something. Because most people can relate to that and have probably done it, they just like seeing that side and they're like, yeah, we've all been there. They love those type of videos. Or even ones where I just I do show a day in my life and the animals or just um, I suppose if I'm doing something that, just a lot of people don't see before. I know one of my top videos was literally just me loading the net wrap into our baler, but because it was physically difficult and, you know, that just surprised people. And I suppose, yeah, just the ones where people can see what I'm operating or, you know, anything like that, they're like the most popular videos. Just trying to think what ones don't usually get much attention. Normally ones of me like trying to dance and stuff. <laughs> Probably a good thing then. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, and Georgia, what is sort of, you know, you're sort of growing quite a decent platform now. What is it, about 50-odd thousand followers? Um, you know, what sort of opportunities has it given you and, you know, is it helping you with anything maybe future-related for your career? It's, it's definitely opened up some, like, opportunities for more learning, I suppose, because then people go from my TikTok to, to my Instagram, where, which is where I sort of share all the photos and um, I guess be like a more, I, don't, I wouldn't even say professional-sided part of social media, but on my TikTok I am being goofy. I do swear a little bit, which I did have a YouTube video, a, a YouTube channel which is where I was sort of doing my professional stuff. But there's a lot of things in YouTube you can't do. And I just, I couldn't deal with the, all the regulations I had to follow for YouTube. So I gave up on that. I didn't have time to edit the videos and stuff either. So yeah, I went to the TikTok and then people obviously follow my Instagram. And then I've had lots of um, uh, like brand deals, like clothing and stuff want to work with me. But like I don't, I don't want to work for just like one person because then I feel bad for the other person. So I just don't do any. <laughs> I just no, nope, I'm not doing any stuff like that. But then it also like opens up the opportunity for learning because I've obviously got other people that want to tell me about what they do on the farm or we use this and yeah. Then I end up forming these great connections with people that I don't even know, 
and we just talk about farming and I love talking about farming so that works well for me and yeah just the the industry connections and the learning experiences and then yeah obviously I get to talk on here which is so cool so yeah that's awesome and we're right around the corner from 2023 do you want to talk to us about what the next year is going to have in store for you yeah so 2023 is going to be a big one because I just signed a contract to grow um, 750 ton of spuds for Simplot, which is my first cropping um, contract. Um, Dad sort of wanted me to stay out of the cropping for as long as he could keep me out because of the, obviously the climate liability and all that kind of stuff. Like he doesn't want me to be young and just in debt trying to you know make a living in farming I suppose so I've had just sheep and I run my sheep and that's been a good little side income at the moment um so yeah 2023 I'll harvest my first crop of spuds and I actually just like not even farm related but horse related I just got selected for um an Australian team through my pony club and I go to New Zealand start of January for pretty much the whole of January, actually, which is I feel bad because we're shearing. So, and I'm normally the rouse about, and mum's going to have to go in the shed. I feel a bit bad, but so yeah, <laughs> the whole of January for that, where I do a series of like horse riding competitions and then touring, and uh, then I'll stay for for spud harvest, which will be. Well, it'll be a bit later this year given that the season's so late, but I'll drive the harvester and then travel till about September. Then I'll come back and help with spud planting. And then the cycle repeats. <laughs> wow. Well, that sounds really exciting. I'm, I'm, int- I'm glad to hear you're still sort of thinking about travelling and, and, you know, getting out and seeing the world given that you didn't really get to um, yep. because of COVID. Yeah, traveling's the big, that's always been the dream. And I think I'll go to Canada first, but I've got a couple of connections in Germany where they also grow spuds. And um, well, a lot of their operations are very different to down here. So it'll be interesting to see how they do things. Because that's what I'm really interested about is like how they farm in other parts of the world. It's obviously, yeah, a lot different to here. And isn't that the beautiful thing about ag? I know we talk about jobs that allow you to travel and people often think that being a farmer means you have to be tied to your land, but um, mm. pretty cool for you that ag will take you around the world. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I always just sort of think how many other jobs can you just, like in reality, in ag, you don't have to have a full-time job. You could just be a seasonal worker all year round. You could go harvesting in Australia this time of year and then you could fly to the other side of the world and do whatever they're doing over there. Who needs a full-time job? Just come to Ag. Fly between different... That's like my dream life. I mean, it's probably easier that my mum and dad are farmers and, you know, other people don't get that opportunity, but you can always make those opportunities, I think. Yeah, I think it's good perspective, um, but... um... We wish you all the very best going travelling. It sounds like you've got an amazing year ahead, sort of starting your own contracts and things, especially so young. You must be really, really excited. 
excited and scared. <laughs> it is a bit scary. Yeah, but you've obviously got a great support network, which is amazing. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that's the best part. If you've got a good support um, network and, you know, people that believe in you, that's always a positive. Yeah. And I guess on that, on that line of discussion we've just had, what do you think ag has to offer young people? There's just so many opportunities to learn. And I suppose, like, I always try and put myself in the perspective of, uh, in the perspe- perspective of someone that's not that might not have, you know, a family in ag that want to be in ag. I mean, we've got lots of opportunities for learning and I guess, you know, the ability to travel and do different things. Like I think I love the diversity of ag and, you know, that every day is not the same. I guess the hardest thing is that I'm like trying to come to terms with at the moment is that there is so much learning. Like I feel like when you are in an office job or something like that, you've got one agenda that you stick to and once you know it, you know it. Whereas you think you know something with farming and then the next day something new will pop up that you've not faced before and you realise, oh, I don't know everything and it knocks you straight back to reality. (laughs) But there is, yeah, that. It is a challenge. That's like the biggest thing that comes with agriculture, the challenge. If you're up for the challenge though, which I am, you'll be fine. Fantastic advice. Heard it here first. Georgia, uh, last question we always ask is if people want to find out more about you, you're obviously very accessible. How can people do that? Yep. So my TikTok is just my name, Georgia Elias, and you can follow there and get lots of life updates. And maybe I can offer a little bit of ex, um, a little bit of a learning experience there with my TikTok. Um, and you can follow my Instagram, that farm girl, where I just sort of post photos and uh, share a bit to my Instagram story. And yeah, that's really all I've got: my Instagram and my TikTok. Beauty. And they're fantastic. So definitely encourage our listeners to go over and check it out if they haven't already. I'm sure they've at least seen your videos. If they haven't, they're not realising who the, who it is. Uh, Georgia, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today. I'm actually glad that we snagged a wet afternoon for you off the tractor so we could um, talk over video versus over the phone. So Georgia, much, much appreciated. Loved hearing your story today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've appreciated it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.